The Reluctant Meditator's Guide to Mindfulness Hi and a very warm welcome from me, your host, Phil Parker, to this audio program all about mindfulness and happiness. The reason I've designed this program is, like many people, I've been fascinated by how the brain works. It's formed a lot of my research over the last 25 years. And also, I've found myself a very reluctant meditator. Every time I start to do meditation, I find my mind drifts and I disappear off thinking about what I'm having for dinner or have I put the cat out or do I have a cat? Uh, So I thought this program would be useful for uh, fellow reluctant meditators like me. Uh, I hope you find it useful. The way I've uh, structured it is this portion is an introduction. I talk a little bit about the history of mindfulness, the research around mindfulness and happiness. The second part is just to listen to in order to keep you on track whilst doing a five-minute meditation, which I recommend that you do every day if you get the chance. Uh, Research has shown that if you just do this for an eight-week period, you'll see changes in brain function and brain architecture. And the final uh, part is talking about other resources, particularly uh, the work I've done in how do you get a life you love? What are the simplest ways to do that? Real practical tools to get that for you. Uh, I've kept them separate so you can just listen to track two again and again without having to have me talking about the research each time and what other resources there are. So I hope you find this useful and if you do, please share it with other people. So our first stop is to discover where mindfulness comes from and as many people know it comes from Buddhism and the Buddha himself said it's of great importance in the path of enlightenment but what does mindfulness mean well it comes from Nepali a word called sati which is to remember which is often a little bit confusing to start with because that sounds like remembering things from the past but it's not saying that it's saying remember to be attentive to the present not focusing on memory, but remembering to be here, be now. It's also not about floating away from things and drifting. It's about not forgetfulness, not forgetting to be here. There is an English reference in 1530 to the word mindfulness with a, with a Y from a guy called John Polsgrave. So it's been around the word The idea of mindfulness has been in the English language for a long time and certainly it's not just purely a Buddhist tradition, the idea of meditation. Uh, In the Christian tradition there's much prayer which is very similar, there's certain monastic customs about turning inward and intense prayer and certainly in the Eastern Orthodox Church there's the hesychast practice of the meditation of the heart or the theosis, the ignoring of the senses and achieving an inner stillness. In Judaism and the Tanakh Meditation was recognized as a practice for the prophets. The Kabbalah, of course, is very focused on these kind of ideas. And in Islam, equally, in Sufism, there's a lot of focus on meditative states and meditative practices. And certainly, there's references to the idea that Prophet Muhammad meditated, and that's where the Quran came from. And you may know the translation of the Quran is a reflection upon the universe. So if you have a particular religious persuasion, then meditation and mindfulness should fit very well with you. 
In terms of more recent interest in meditation and mindfulness, we have a lot to thank the 70s for and a guy called John Kabat-Zinn who started the mindfulness-based stress reduction program in the University of Massachusetts. And he was very interested in meditation but was lucky enough to also be involved in academia and to start to validate some of the anecdotal reports that mindfulness was useful for us. His program started to get the attention of people around the world which led to mindfulness becoming what it is today which is a core part of a new wave of psychological interventions. It's certainly been found to be really useful for chronic pain, for stress, for anxiety, for depression, for substance abuse, for suicidal behaviour and all sorts of things besides. There's great evidence from various researchers that you get changes in brain structures there's work by Sarah Lazar which looks at the insular regions of the brain and the fact that we can switch when we meditate from the left to the right side of the brain function when we become a persistent meditator. Research also indicates from Davidson that we get a change in immune function as well as changes in the thickening of the cortex in long-term meditators. And if you're interested in mindfulness research then just search for it and you will find stacks of really great quality information, particularly with the advent of functional MRI scans, where you can observe changes in brain function as a result of learning meditation, often starting to show even within an eight-week period of just consistently meditating every day. So that's the basic introduction to mindfulness and some of the research. Basically, it's great for you. Uh, there don't seem to be any real downsides to it. The main trouble, as I say, that I've had is actually finding the time to do it and staying focused. Now, when you use mindfulness training, it's pretty much well acknowledged that however adept you are, however long you've been doing it, you will find your mind wandering. The longer you do it, the less that happens. But certainly when you start, your mind will drift in a million different ways. And the core concept of mindfulness is that's okay. All you do is just gently shepherd your mind back to what you're focusing on. Certainly, a few seconds later, it may disappear in a different direction. And once again, just gently and kindly and compassionately bring it back. There's no place in this practice for being hard on yourself, beating yourself up, being uncompassionate, giving yourself a hard time. It's just a recognition this is likely to happen, particularly in the early stages. And to change it, just gently remind yourself that your focus is going to be in the exercise we're going to do on your breath. But your focus is on being mindful. Bringing yourself back. Bringing yourself back. That's all. That's all you have to do. And the only other thing to do then is to actually do it. It works best, obviously, particularly in the early stages, you can find somewhere calm, quiet, with time, you can get to a point where you should be able to do this anywhere, on a crowded train, in an airport. But do yourself a favour to start with. Create an environment that's conducive to relaxing and meditating. And this is why I've designed this programme. Putting it into practice is the second challenge. Actually remembering to do it. If you've got it on your phone or your laptop, then it should be really easy to use this. After all, how many times a day do we look at a screen? If only once 
in the thousands of times we just glimpse at the screen, we remember to play this to take five minutes. Then we'll be moving forwards to a more mindfulness-based life. So now we're going to move on to the section of the audio program which focuses on the exercise of mindfulness. 